Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast where I'm your host Chris Loder and I'm joined this week by Mark Horowski. Now before we begin, I just want to apologise for not doing one of these podcasts for a little while. Uh, we've all been a little bit busy but we finally found the time to record one and we're going to be previewing the weekend's action on Saturday. Looking forward to the racing at Newcastle, Newmarket and also as well we'll take a look at the Irish Derby. But before we get into all that, how's it going Mark? Haven't spoken to you for a while. Yeah, I've been, I've been a bit quiet since uh, Friday night, haven't I? But uh, yeah, all good. Uh, I was busy last week with uh, Royal Ascot um, and obviously the Euro's on, so I'm busy busy with work. But yeah, looking forward to to this weekend's action of racing. Uh, hopefully we can, we can get a couple of winners. Yeah, hopefully. And it's Northumberland Plate weekend and the listeners might remember a certain Caravan of Hope last year, which I kept banging on about and then went and hosed up in the race. But unfortunately, we haven't seen him since. So if you do know what's happened to him, Please get in touch. I'd love to know. Absolutely. Um, I don't know one of his old foes, is Australis, is running this weekend as well. It's quite interesting. It's been quite heavily backed already in the sports book. Uh, we've took a bit of money at Betfair. Um, probably one I'd want to be taking on, but um, I could maybe see this one going off favourite. Um, but yeah, looking forward to this weekend's action. Yeah, definitely. Shall, shall we get into it then? Yeah, let's crack on. Cool. So the first race we're going to be previewing is the 220 at Newcastle. It's the William Hill Chip Chase Stakes. It's a group three over six furlongs. And we've got joint favourites at the top of the betting. It's Kuzam and Diligent Harry, both at four to one. Did we like either of these, Mark? Or do we like any others at bigger prices? I thought this this is quite a competitive race oh, to get things started off. Um, for a group three race, this does look quite competitive. Um, I think Kuzam's interesting. Um, obviously, the form beating Mum's Tipple five lengths at Langfield on the 20th of April is impressive. Even the form behind um, the form from Highland Dress is good as well on the 4th of March um, at Chelmsford. And then got absolutely smashed by Palace Pier on the 23rd of April. But I just think a bit short in the betting for me. Um, Around well, it's a bit of four to one there, but mostly three to one, eleven to four in places. I want to take a chance on um, an outsider. Um, you know, I love an outsider, Lucky Lothers. I quite like Carl Burke's uh, Ainsdale. Um, I can see Lucky Lothers laughing here, and and I hope Lucky Lothers isn't on this as well. But I'll put the case out first. We haven't spoken before before this this recorded, but uh, I thought the uh, the run last time behind um, Liberty Beach, a Haydock, the Temple Stakes Group Two on the twenty second of May. Um, that was a really good run. Um, and Liberty Beach, Frank the Form, next time out, Ascot finishing three lines behind Roger Fells. Oxstade, great run there in the King Stands uh, Group 1. First time on the old weather is a question mark, but at the price, he's 20 to 1. Um, I think that's a massive price. Um, I'd be very surprised if this one goes off around 20 to 1. Um, and I'm doing I'm doing recent post live on Saturday. Um, this will be my selection for this race as well. So uh, if this is bigger than 21, I'll be all over this in the winning additional place market. Yeah, well, great minds think alike because Ainsdale was my selection for the race too. All aboard, everyone. Yeah, it's got the double penalty to carry. Um, but yeah, you make a good case for it there. That form behind Liberty Beach reads quite well in the context of this race, running on quite strongly at the end, which you think stepping up in trip to the six furlongs will suit. That form is working out okay because Keep Busy was a winner of a listed race at uh, Air earlier in the week and she ran okay if I remember in the King's Stand the time before that as well a good run at Chester and a condition stakes behind um, 
El Astronauta in Kingsley and don't think the nature, the, the sharp nature, the twisty nature of the track at Chester would have suited him. And that form's taken a boost too, because Kingsley, we've seen him come out. He won uh, since that race at Chester and has run okay on a couple of starts. So there's a lot of good form lines for Ainsdale and he's only a four-year-old um, as well. And he just looks like he might have a little bit more to come and maybe six furlongs might be his bag. And I think the stiff straight at a Newcastle will suit him, but it's a competitive race. I think he's a good each way bet, like you say, and you might be able to get four places on with some firms, with some sports books, or or even on the the extra place terms on the bet for exchange. You know, like, I think he's a good value to to make the make the first few. So, yeah, for me, Ainsdale one at a bigger price, but one I quite like the chances of. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's, I looked at his chances on earlier on today, and just ticks a lot of boxes and I was trying to work out why this is 20 to 1 and where Brando who has been pretty disappointing it's a 14 to 1 chance you know um, maybe it's just not, not being found out in the market maybe we'll wake up um, tomorrow morning Saturday it'll be a single figures because to be honest with you, this is like about a 10 to 1 chance an 8 to 1 chance in my book yeah definitely I think he should be half the price some of the ones at the top of the bet in haven't been seen for a little while. We haven't seen um, Diligent Harry, for example. I know he missed the Commonwealth Cup. He does get the three-year-old allowance, but there's a few others in here. Kuzan, we've not seen him for a little while. A few question marks on quite a lot of them at the top of the betting, whereas I thought Ainsdale brought some of the best recent form. We know uh, he's race fit. Um, yes, he's unknown on the Neil Weather, but that's kind of factioned into the price, I think. You, you, you're getting a, a decent price about a fit horse, with good recent form that's been ranked. Uh, not bad draw as well. I don't like low draws, particularly on, on the sprint course at, uh, at Newcastle. I always want to be middle or towards the stand side rail. I don't know why, but I always seem to think it rides a little bit more faster on that side. You often see a lot of late finishes coming down that stand side rail. So uh, me and Mark are in agreement there with Ainsdale, who's currently, I think, in, with some firms available at 20 to 1. We then move on to the next race we're going to be previewing. This is the moment. Can I find the winner again this year? Uh, we'll get to it in a minute. It's the 330. It's the William Hill Northumberland Plate handicap over two miles. Uh, I'll come to Mark again here first. Trishan's your current favourite. Obviously, shame we didn't see him run last week in the Ascot Gold Cup where there was money around for him. They decided to run here and they've got a, a £5 claimer aboard on this, in the shape of Reese Clutterbuck. Did you like Trishan here or do you think it might be a tough ask carrying a big weight? I think this is, again, it's pretty wide open. Um, the race where you're a certainty of the year um, last year with Caravan uh, of Hope and truly obliged. Um, obviously, we backed, I think we backed him. It was Wolverhampton or Lingfield that he got beat by Astralis. He, he went white and we backed him there as well. We got the money back. Um, next time out Newcastle but um, yeah I thought this was wide open um, interesting about money for Hotchfield Mark Johnson Ben Curtis on board um, you know, he's got that form with um, I think it's, uh, Mark Johnson the tax we can I'm pretty sure they, they run against each other at Musselburgh um, near the start of the season but um, yeah there's one I actually like at the prices again another big price I mean there was about 33 to 1 available but I mean, the best I'm seeing now is about 25s mostly 20 in places and that is Heather Main's Island Brave obviously has the uh, the course and distance form which is a big tick um, beat Roger Varian's Australis over course and distance on the 12th of December my birthday it could be a sign um, and is a bit worse off at the weights but it was 33-1 in places when I was doing my notes. Um, Australis is, what, 6-1 to one now? 
Um, I think I don't think there should be that much of a discrepancy in the prices. Uh, goes well around the course. Ray Dawson on board is a positive. I just think um, I just think this one ticks a lot of boxes, and obviously there'll be a lot of um, advanced place terms on this race. Um, it's the sort of race that I'll be playing obviously on the Betfair Exchange on Saturday, where I'll be backing this one win and having a maybe a tank in the six and seven place market. Um, but again, it looks wide open. No, Mark Johnson's got a few runners here, but uh, I'm with Ireland Brave here. Yeah, I can I can see your angle in with him. My only concern would be it's off a career high mark. He's often a horse that kind of is a bit of a closer. Might be able to pick up an extra place, but for win purposes, I'm not so sure. Um, I think he would need a lot of luck in running him. Sometimes it's uh, quite hard to make up uh, ground uh, in this race in the past, uh, if I remember. I think last year they were all pretty handy. You didn't get too many closures coming uh, late on. Um, and especially when we get to this time of year as well, I just find the track, it always rides a bit slower than usual at Newcastle. So it does actually pay to be handy. And if you were watching some of the races at Newcastle today, you weren't seeing too many closures. So it's just something to, to bear in mind. I when... mark is a, is a concern. Um, that was my only slight negative, obviously out of 100 here. But as I was sort of going through all the runners, there's nothing here that's, maybe five, six pounds below the last winning mark. Everything looks pretty exposed in my opinion. I think this is wide open. Yeah, definitely. Last year you had, obviously, like what we say with Caravan of Hope. Yeah, and uh, Australis. They were the four-year-olds. They, they, they both had progressive profiles. You know, we didn't know the limit of their ability. We kind of maybe seen the limit of Australis's ability, but unfortunately we haven't seen Caravan of Hope. Who was so gutted got pulled out of the Ebor. I think he would have been the certainty to win that as well with the soft ground. Why didn't he run Hugo? Why? But um, but yeah, I, I've I've identified one at a, a biggish price here, and I'm quite confident on his chances. He's either gonna run an absolute stormer or he's gonna run an absolute stinker, and that is Lucky Deal, who's a fifty to one chance for Mark Johnston and Andrew Breslin claiming the five pounds. Now, I was actually looking back through the role of honour. I don't think Mark Johnston has won this race yet, so obviously that's not a good omen. It's drawn wide as well, which some people might think is, is a negative, but again, wrong. A lot of horses drawn wide over the years have actually done quite well in this race, so it's not actually a negative uh, thing because a lot of them drawn out wide would want to get into a prominent position. And if you're drawn low and you like to be held up, you're going to have a lot of traffic problems. You're going to be weaving in and out of horses. It could be difficult for you to make up less uh, the more ground. So I think being wide is not a negative. And this horse does like to be ridden um, handy now and again. Now, the thing that I think is quite interesting about him is they're going to be keeping the blinkers. He was um, put up by a few shrewd judges last week at Royal Ascot where he never really got involved. He did have a favourable draw, but he he was arguably very disappointing. But we've seen this with Mark Johnson horses uh, over the years. They run an absolute stinker and then on their next start, uh, they return to form. Now, I've got a theory that this horse is a lot better on the all-weather than he is on the, the turf. He's five wins from 12 starts, you know, so that's nearly a 50% career uh, win rate on, on the all-weather. And he's won over this course in distance before, so we know that should be okay. He's not particularly well handicapped. He's off the mark of a, of 100, which it could be still on this high side for him. But Andrew Breslin, that's been riding him a lot recently, Retains a ride, claims the five pounds, 
And I just think if he can get into a good position from the get-go, the blinkers might be able to still have enough of, a, of an effect. And it's interesting that they've decided to keep them on. I just thought at a price with those extra places, like I said, he could be um, uh, one of those horses that we know our fate early on with. But if he can get away handy, I think there's a lot worse 50 to 1 shots you could be putting up. So, yeah, it is a, a left field selection, but I just can't see the improving horse that you want to be with in these kind of races. So, for me, I thought Lucky Deal at 50 to 1 wasn't a bad shout. Uh, a little nod there from Mark, which means he must be loading on right now. So, yeah, again, um, very competitive race, but we're not agreeing this time. I'm for Lucky Deal, and Mark was for Island Brave. We then turned our attentions to. Newmarket, where they're running on the July course, we go and have a look at the first of their pattern company races here. It's the 205 Maureen Britain Memorial Empress Philly Stakes, a listed race over six furlongs, plenty of juveniles here. Um, Mark, was there anything that stood out for you? I think it's again competitive. Um, I went with a, a horse that won on debut um, for Kevin Philippat Defoy, um, which is Rock Melody. Um, I think that she was she was impressive on debut at Redcar on the on the first of June, um, quite eye catching and one that one that I stuck in the notebook um, straight after she'd done the business. I mean, she travelled really strongly and put the race to bed at the furlong pole. Um, obviously, when asked the question, quickened away smartly. Not the biggest, but uh, looks like there's a, there's a bit of an engine there um, and looks looks quite smart. And I think that I think he's done an RPR of a hundred. Um, which is top rate. Well, it's nearly top rate cash. It was 110 last time out. But uh, second top rate in the RPRs, um, Stefan Churchy retains the ride. I just think this one, I think she looks, she looks progressive. Uh, she looks pretty smart. Um, she won a quite big price on TV as well. Won one very comfortably. Drawn one. Um, the second in that race, Almanisha, uh, was second at Red Carmen. One next time out at Novice Company. So the form's been given a boost there. Um yeah, I think if what price is just now? She's around a 16 to 1 chance, a 20 to 1 chance at the moment. I haven't got any prices up for that race, but yeah, I think it certainly will be a double figure price. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the racing post um, forecast at the moment, and they've, they've got her in as a 14 to 1 chance. I mean, I don't, I mean if it's 14, I'd be all over that, but uh, I think she'll probably go off shorter, single figures. Yeah, definitely. She's definitely one to keep on the radar. I quite like two in this race. I couldn't narrow it down to one. I thought Najat was really interesting for James Doyle and Simon A. Crisford. I was very taken by the way that horse won at first class week. And actually, it was Jack Mitchell aboard when he could have been riding at Royal Ascot. He was sent up north for this one, and the money really did come for it late on. I remember watching the race and um was a very impressive winner and it's interesting that they're throwing her up in stakes company after just one run but there's a few of these favorites i take in uh, paul callahan's man on here Naja, this, this, this one could go for around seven or four i think, I think the, the, the other one that i thought was quite interesting um i'm not kind of sure what price maybe you can tell me there is lovely mana for rob hornby and rafe beckett what kind of price is that i've got got around 14 to one there's no price available in this race at the moment but uh yeah um, they did. They, they bet that one on debut as well, but just just couldn't get the yeah. business done. If I if I um saw that kind of price, I would be tempted to maybe have an each way uh, flutter on that one. Like you say, was backed into nine to four favourite. 
um, on debut. But actually, that run at Salisbury wasn't too bad. The form has already worked out not too badly. The winner of that race was second wi- a second win for William Haggis. She did let the form down at Royal Ascot, but obviously she was stepping up in class, and you could probably forgive her that run. But she was a previous winner uh, going into that race. The second horse of Richard Hannon's Bosch went on to win on um, her next start at York. So there's some nice... Um, some nice um, form lines there. And I just think the fact that this one was well gambled on clearly shows that um, that, uh, that they think a lot of her. What's interesting as well is she's stepping up in pedig- uh, in distance and her pedigree suggests that uh, she'll probably be more effective. She's related to horses that got six, seven furlongs, even up to a mile. So maybe the five was just a little bit too much uh, of, a, of a speed test on day before and, and this step up. Uh, and trip should um should suit so yeah for me lovely mana she might be able to take a step forward and maybe run into the frame but yeah Najat she did really create a, a good impression when winning on debut um definitely one to um definitely uh keep an eye on but yeah that's um our thoughts on the Maureen Britain uh, Empress Philly Stakes. We then move on to the 240. It's the Close Brothers Fred Archer Stakes. Again, another listed contest. Got a logician here, an old favourite. Um, do, you, do you think he can return to winning ways? Uh, no chance. Again, this 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 is the, where you get the old Bentford exchange out. Um, laid this one last time in the two and the three place market. Um Unfortunately, I couldn't, couldn't get logician out of three, but managed to, to cop out a two-place bet for a decent amount. Um, I just think this horse is, is just not the same, um, that three-year-old form. I mean, I think that time the horse got turned over at York, started hanging. I just don't think the horse has ever reproduced that that level of form. And obviously had that that really bad injury, um, nearly died. Um, Look at the bang, I mean, you've got Desert Encounter. I'm seeing second favourite right now. This isn't a horse you trust for win purposes, but I mean, I just think that yeah, the form doesn't look that great with Legion. I just think this horse has regressed massively. Um, this this is obviously you're laying a horse that's won on a ledger and a listed company, you know. Um do you think the step back and trip is a positive here? Because I, I don't think they just got the pace. Mm, no, I, I I don't think he has either. I think this is last chance saloon for logician. I think if he can't be competitive in this, um, if he can't win it, I think they might as well just send him away to stud. Um, he's just never quite delivered from his uh, St. Ledger win. Uh, obviously, like we said, he's had those injury concerns and he's just not, not shown anywhere near that ability um, since then. And, He's eleven to ten on uh, eleven to ten with some sure. friends. He's really, really short. And obviously, if he was to come back to that Saint Ledger form from a couple of years ago, then obviously he looks a certainty. But he's not been been nowhere near that form. And you've got to be taking him on. I thought the way to play was actually maybe to do the reverse forecast between Pablo Escobar and Desert Encounter. They're the two, I think will fight it out for the win. I, I can't have a logician at all. Desert um, Encounter running on for a place. I mean, I'm looking at Desert Encounter's form at four, four and a half lengths behind your favourite horse, Love. Again, yeah, well, that, that, that should be good enough to be a logician here. Yeah, well, there was a good run at Royal Ascot last week. He was very eye-catching. I just got good a little bit too late. But he actually did win this race beating Pablo Escobar um, a couple of years ago. 
Um, there, there was hardly anything in it between the, the four runners that day in a really muddling race. There was no pace. It, it was a very uh, strange setup. Um, and Desert, it just played to the strengths of Desert Counter, I, I, I think, that day. Um, and this time, I, I don't think we'll get that scenario because we've got Outbox for Holly Doyle and Archie Watson and Max Vega, that they've been known to, to make the run in the past. Pablo Escobar needs uh, needs a run, at least, under his belt to be seen to best effect. He was withdrawn last week because of going, uh, with the soft going, and I think this will be a better race for him anyway, uh, with, with the drying ground, you know, the quick ground. He's been seen to, to good effect on that in the past. Um, I honestly think he'll, he'll be tracking the pace, um, and then I think he'll go very close to, and he's probably the one I would just side with. Um, I just think. Hey, what do you think of uh, Max Vega on this ground? Reappear in front is could, could be dangerous. I think for me, Max Vega appreciates a bit of digging the ground. If you look it's at, probably going to be a non runner on the day if if he will get to front. Yeah, I mean he's he's not been seen um, since uh, Champions Day last year. Uh, he he probably he'll need this. Um, some of his best form has come of cutting the ground when he won. Uh, the Zetland Stakes, he won that on soft ground. Didn't really reproduce it again last season. Ran okay behind Hookham at Newbury in the Jeffrey Freer Stakes. But again, that was with some juice in the ground. I think if it remains on the good to firm side, I, I could see him uh, being withdrawn. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think it's hard to separate Pablo Escobar and Desert Encounter, I think they will definitely fill the first two positions. And that's why I said, I think the reverse forecast might be the, um, might be the, 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 the bet here. But if I had to go for a win one, I'd probably just favor Pablo Escobar. But if you fancy Desert Encounter, uh, I wouldn't put you off. You know, I was, um, my, my bet was just to lay logician the win here, but you're sort of enticing me into a place lay here, lucky wielders. And I, I'm, I'm thinking three places here. Am I pushing the boat here? Because this could, this could be tens on for the three. Possibly. I mean, he could be good. In, he, he still could have some ability to finish third. I, I mean, think he weakened very, very tamely last time out. I mean, he, he was behind El Azi. He might have needed that as well. Um, you, you, you can give him a few few things, but uh, you, you, I think you can forgive him that run. But it, I, I would have liked to have seen more. And I don't know how much more he could easily come back and, and bounce back to winning ways. But I do think that this is this is the opportunity for him to get back to form. And if he can't take advantage of it, I'd be I would be willing to stick with Pablo Escobar and and Desert Encounter, that are the proven form horses that will have things in their favour. And um, yeah, I, I I think I think they they could be slightly ahead of where Logician is right now. Unless he's absolutely blazing the gallops at home, but we'll we'll have to see. But yeah, if you wanted to to lay in for the first two, I wouldn't put you off at all. Maybe the three could be a bit ambitious, but if you if you're really feeling I'm going that way, why not? I, th- and, I think we'll just stick for the two place market just now, lucky wheelers. Yeah. I don't want to wind too many people up. Yeah, well, if you're if you got the balls, maybe you can do it when you go on racing post live. Yeah, that's the plan. We'll see how we're getting on. If we can knock in the Ainsdale in the first race, we'll go for a three-place lay, maximum stake, or not racing post life. Sounds good to me. And then all the trolls will come out to play, you know, because they missed the 2021 winner. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we move on to the last race we're going to talk about at Newmarket. It's the Close Brothers Criterion Stakes, a Group 3 contest. Again, quite a 
tricky looking race a few horses on recovery missions a few uh horses that are on an upward curve stepping out of handicap company i thought this was a very tricky race the one i i, I quite liked was uh duke of hazard for shane kelly um paul and uh, oliver cole um hasn't been quite the same horse since uh, he was um really on an upward trajectory back in 2019 when he was winning those races at Newmarket and at Goodwood. But there was enough glimmers last season to suggest that he's not completely out of love with the game. He ran third behind Mahatha in the Summer Mile. He also as well finished second at Goodwood in the Lennox Stakes behind um, Space Blue. So he did show a few decent efforts last season. So far, it hasn't been perfect. I thought it was an okay run at Epsom in that Group 3 contest. And then he went to um, to York last time out, where he just lost out to Space Traveller in a in a messy four runner race. Uh, I think this drop back in trip to to um, seven furlongs will be more in his favour. I think he's more effective uh, at this trip. And like I said, he he's got some good form over seven furlongs. Previous course winner, we like the ground. Um, I thought he would be my play for the race. And the other one I would give a shout out to is Kinross, who again bounced back to form last time out, but I'm not sure if he would want the ground this quick. I think he's been seeing some more effect when there has been a little bit of dig in the ground. Doesn't want it maybe bottomless, but if it was good to soft, I think that would be more his ideal ground condition. So so who do you like in the criterion, Mark? I'm quite keen on Michael Bell's the Lear Jet. Um I just think this one's worth a chance down in grades. Um uh, back to seven furlongs, the positive for me. Um had that really good early two year old season form um, obviously, I know that we we backed this one on debut at Yarmouth. We had a few quid on. Uh, won quite well. Um, and obviously, went on to, to run a Royal Ascot next time out. And uh, was formerly in the colours of Qatar Racing. But yeah, I just think stable forms currently. What, four from 21, 19% strike rate. Three previous runs have been on heavy or soft ground where it ran respectively. Um, back on a quicker surface. Good to firm ground. Um, I just think... At the price, I just think the Learjet is probably the one, the one to be in. I was just get the uh, the weight allowance as well. I think this one could could run a big race. Yeah, definitely interesting that he's not appeared on that quick round since. I think um, the size progeny will, will like uh, will like the quicker ground. Didn't actually think it was a bad run considering um, he he was slow out the gate in the Commonwealth Cup as well. Um, not not a lot of forces got got into that race. Um, from the rear, was, you had to be handy. Uh, Campanelli and Dragon Symbol were towards the the, the front of the race for, throughout the get throughout the throughout the get go. So, uh, yeah, I, I think um, I think yeah, he's, he definitely has got a good chance. And if they go hard uh, pace, which they could, there's a few in here that like to get on with things. Might just set up for him. You never know. We then um, are going to round off the podcast now by just going across the RFC to the feature race there on the Saturday at the Carrots, the Group 1 Irish Derby. Again, a, a competitive race. These races aren't easy to work out, are they? But uh, hopefully we can point you in the direction of a, of a good selection. Um, high Definition is your current favourite um, for Ryan Moore and Aino Brighton. Obviously, this one was a massive eye-catcher in the Dante. That form... Not sure if it's the greatest in the world. Hurricane Lane ran a more than respectable race in the Derby and does take his chance here. Mojo Star as well uh, finished second. But again, like we, it's hard to know how good the, the Derby was. I've uh, been a, one or two disappointing runs since then. One really didn't run particularly well at Royal Ascot. 
Um, I'm not sure about the Epsom Derby form. What do you think about it, Mark? Do you think high definition is the most likeliest winner or is that Derby form any good? I like him. Um, and it's not like me to uh, like, like a favourite, but I uh, I think high definition is the right favourite. I think around 15 to 8 is uh, an okay price. I think he's the right price. Um, I think the form... I think the, the Derby form looks solid to me. And I think the uh, the run in the Dante, obviously, being flanked by Hurricane Lane's third in the Epsom Derby, um, will appreciate the step up and trip and any any cut in the ground as well. I think if there's any rain in Ireland towards the cut over the weekend, I think it will play right into this one's hands. And there's another angle as well. I mean, Aidan's got how many pacemakers in this race? Two, three, potentially. I think this is going to be a real, real stamina test and I think it's going to play right into high definitions chances. I mean I think this this is uh, the right favourite um, I, think he, I think he was impressive on both his wins at the Curra um, to date and obviously uh, beat Wordsworth, obviously re-opposed today as a 14-1 chance to bet on debut um, and what wasn't that fancied on debut um, how many times have we seen that with an Aidan O'Brien runner um, the fancied one, Woodsworth on debut um, high definition one, one going away uh, Wayne Lorden on board. I just think the uh, the way this race is going to be run. I just think high definitions the definitely the one to beat. Um, Mojo Star four to one. I think that's. Do you think Mojo Star was was flattered by that run? And Epsom, it goes back to how strong you think the the Derby form is. Do you think the betting's right here? No, I'd have. I'm not sure. Mojo Star is obviously still a maiden, um, which is interesting. Uh, Do you think it's the price he was in the uh, Epsom that people think, oh, it must have been a fluke? Because he was single-figure price, no one would even be questioning this. I think the thing about Mojo Flyer is, actually, even though he he, ha- he was a big price on the day, some of his novice form has actually worked out quite well. Um, there's, there's, it reads quite well, and it's worked out not bad. So I think he, he, might not, he shouldn't have probably been that price on the day. I think he stayed, though. Uh, Epsom, he definitely stayed. And if you, there's a couple in this race, um, do you think Hurricane Lane, McSween, even didn't they stay the trip at the Curra, especially if they're they go hard pace with the pacemakers in here? I'm not sure. Um, Hurricane Lane, uh, to me, I think it's probably more of a of a ten furlong horse. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I'm surprised they might that they haven't thrown their hat into the ring to maybe go for the Eclipse Stakes at Sandown. Would have think think that would have been a race that would have really suited him, especially when he when he won the Dante as well. You know, like even though he 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 beat McGallan, who's no mug, but he's not been pulling up too many trees. You know, he's a smart horse for John Gosden. He's got a serious turn of foot, McGallan, and it was quite a slowly run race. And the way he was able to put his stamina to good use and show that he had the speed for it as well. I, I thought that was an impressive win in the Dante. And I don't think he discredited himself at all in the Derby, but ultimately I just don't think he quite got home and he's, he wasn't that... Uh, he, I think I think he could run over a mile and a half, no problem, but I just don't think it it would be his optimum trip and I, th- I think the 10 furlongs would suit him. The one I thought, the, the two I was quite interested in was Lone Eagle, uh, for Martin Mead, I thought he would have had a chance in the in the um in the Epsom Derby, especially with the ground how it how it rode with a little bit of cut in it. I think that would have been definitely what his ideal conditions. Or if there had been a bit more juice in the ground, he would have loved that. But the one I really like 
And I wouldn't be at all surprised if he could win this race as Aylesworth for Johnny Mercer and Ben Cohen. Would you be worried? Sorry, Anthony. Would you be worried about Lone Eagle? This one likes to make the running. Would you be worried about the way the the pacemakers are going to go off? Do you think that'll upset upset him? Possibly. I think he'll just sit in behind. Maybe split into like three groups. The pacemakers go flying off. Frankie's maybe ten lines behind, and he'll he'll come past them and just hope to stay on. And you'll have the likes of uh, Ryan Moore and Ross and Ryan finishing strongly at the finish. That's the way I see the race going. Possibly, but I, I think he's a horse that that is just a proper grinder and grinds it out. Um, I think I think he could ultimately potentially stay a little bit further than this in time, even though he hasn't necessarily got the pedigree for it. Uh, when he won at Goodwood, I thought he was really impressive. Um, that form as well at Sandown in the Classic Trials worked out okay. Obviously had the Derby winning in it, Adair. Alenka as well was a winner at Royal Ascot last week. Um, so th- th- that race wasn't so bad considering at the time I thought I'm not so sure and even Sir Lucan won on his next start so that yeah I'm, I, I don't think Lone Eagle I don't think he's out of it uh, but I just think he's definitely an interesting runner but for me I think Ellswood is, is a bet here at a double figure price for Ben Kern and Johnny Murta going great guns at the moment Murta stable with, with their small team operating at a 27% strike rate this horse ran in a race at Chester that I keep going back to. I'd keep picking horses out out from it, and it does. And a lot of people gave it a stick at the time, and that is the D Stakes at Chester, where he finished third behind El Drama and Maximal. Now this horse, El uh, Ellswood, uh, ran a very good race, but just I don't think the nature of the 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 sharp turning track at Chester suited him at all. That form isn't the worst form in the world. Uh, Maximal ran a good race, I thought, in the St. James's Palace to finish in fourth place. Obviously, um, Poetic Flair was an impressive win, you know, but I don't think Maximal discredited himself, whatever, at big price. He also as well had uh, Fox Tails in there that won uh, one of the handicaps for Royal Ascot and absolutely won with a, a stone in hand. He was... He was a very impressive winner. So I don't think that was bad for him. Ellsworth then stepped up on his next start to, to take um, the uh, Gunnell Stakes, uh, Group 3 at the Cara. So we clearly know he likes the track. Okay, the form might not be the greatest, but I just think he's a horse on a real upward trajectory. Um, and he's got a pedigree, a stamina-laden pedigree. He's a, he's a full brother to make him miracles. He was a good horse for Mark Johnston. Plenty of other decent horses in his pedigree as well that showed plenty of stamina. Stamina he's by pivotal out of a Galilean in there. I just think he's got the touch of a left field improver about him that Johnny Murta does well with. We saw Johnny Murta do well with a few of those kind of horses last year. You know, they just kept progressing through the grades and and the, the sky was the limit with them. They just kept progressing and progressing and progressing and I just think with Bally Doyle this year I think a lot rests on high definition really with their with their three-year-old crop their their cults have been really disappointing um Snowfall obviously has been uh, a good filly for them and, and Love as well but Love's a four-year-old and but going back to the three-year-olds you know like you've got to say the boys have been disappointed from they didn't really show anything in the, in the guineas um you know I, Have the girls really been that good, Chris Loder? I know we've had a debate off camera here. Tell me what tell let's let's have a chat about what we really think of a snowfalls for. 
Well, I think Snowfall, obviously, like, I think people were getting a bit carried away that day. Yeah, 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 I agree. You yeah. know, saying, like, she was top class. But you have to say, from what we've seen, she is probably the best middle distance. She Well, she is the best middle distance. I think there's no question on that. But it's how good is she really, you know? Like, how how, how good could she get? Because she's got to take on the boys on, on a better, on better ground. I mean, if you look at that form at Epsom, I don't think half the horse in that, that race actually handled the track or the conditions. She's quickened mm. away smartly. Um, and it's funny, like, the, the, these these are the sort of horses that, I hate to say, like, these punters get mugged, get, uh, get burned on. Like, it's just it just reminds me of Goshan, the fan club, you know? It's the same ones that have got their Goshan fan club t-shirt and their wardrobe, but they're exactly the same sort of people. And I've seen around 4 to 1 available for the arc. I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's too, I, I'd like to see her replicate. She's but, got to run against the boys on better ground. Listen, if she runs on better ground against the boys and she puts them away, okay, let's go. Um, maybe it's not all hype. Yeah, she. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she's got to go out and do it again, in my opinion. Epsom sometimes can produce some really wide margin results. The other courses, you just wouldn't get that. Um, you know, it's a downhill track. can often suit front runners as well. Um, and it can be hard to make up ground as well. Um, it's a it's a very weird and unique track, Epsom. Beaver was very disappointed in Epsom as well. Yeah, exactly. Look at Serpentine last year, won that Dar- Derby by Miles and has done nothing since. Um, I, feel, I feel that the horses, uh, or the fillies that win the Oaks, so, tend to have a bit more to them. You often see Plus. horses that win, win, horses win the Oaks, then can maintain their form throughout the season. Obviously, I did get love wrong last season, but I'm I'm still not convinced. I'd like to see her do it again to prove that she's absolutely the, the best around. I think she could be at the moment. but I don't think that run last time was that great. I don't think it was much in behind for love. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she's really beaten a proper genuine Group 1 horse yet. Yep. I, I mean, a, a proper Group 1 horse. That's 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 what that's the question. Maybe you say she's the proper Group One horse, but you look you look at the likes of Enable was able to beat the likes of Crystal Ocean that was a Group a, a Group One horse. You know she beat proper Group One horses Enable. Uh, you know whereas Love obviously we never got to see that towards the end of last season because she didn't run in the arc. But to me, she's good. She's probably well stepped forward from a Prince of Wales run, but she's got to do it again. But that that's a debate for another day. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, going back to the race anyway or, on the Irish Derby, I thought Earlswood had a good chance of um, outrunning his price tag. High definition. I think the 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 Bally Doyle's hopes are really pinned on him because, like we said, their cults have been disappointing. Wembley, Battleground, Van Gogh. You know, like all these these impressive juvenile winners just haven't not been able to to kick on this season for whatever reason i'm not sure if maybe there's a problem at the yards obviously they they have been having some good winners you know but a lot of their their horses for for the for the big races just haven't turned up this year you know and high definition was talked about in in that bracket as being amongst their best you could see why with his promising run in the in the dante you know he finished third uh, but he was running on, staying on strongly, uh, and there was a lot of talk about like how much he he'd been delayed in his prep because I think he had a little setback. But I think once you 
put all that into the into the the run at York. I think you have to mark it up and say it was an encouraging performance. But then again, I think he had another setback afterwards, and which meant he met Miss Dempson, and they this was his next target. So a lot of hopes for for Bally Doyle will be pinned on on this horse. I think. I think he ran a huge race. I think he. I think the break could probably do him good here. And I think it'll turn into a stamina test the way this race is going to be set up and still stay them. That's the way I think the race is going to unfold. Yeah, it's either that or Wordsworth with Shane Heffernan is picked the right one again. Um, and, and, Ryan, yeah. and Ryan's rotten luck continues when it comes to picking the right Bally Doyle horse. Well, hopefully he gets this one right, Ryan. Yeah, well, it sounds like uh, Mark is all over him. So we're at that part of the show now. We're nearly finished where we do our best bet section. Mark, what's it going to be? We got the nap out early this week. I'm going to go for Ainsdale and the 220. Uh, Chip Chase Group 3. I just think this one's massive overpriced. 20 to 1's huge. For, for win purposes, I'm going to go... Uh, my, my best bet will be Lucky Deal in the Northumberland Plate. And my best proper bet would be the reverse forecast between Pablo Escobar and Desert Encounter. You know, if you can knock in a 50 to 1 shot here, Loder, you'll be, uh, you'll be catching Paul Callahan. Yeah, I think we've lost track and we need to get the calculator out to see what, what's all... Yeah, I don't think he's that far clear now. I think he's only about 20 or 30 points clear. Yeah, the first couple of weeks were good for him, but obviously he's uh, he, he put in a few losers. So, um, I mean, I don't think I've even had a win in that. I might have won, if that. I don't think I have. <laughs> I've, I've had, sure. I've had Sherbert a few... Lemon was a good one the other week. That's probably my biggest price winner recently. Yeah. It was it 25, 28, so that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, but... You know, that the punters they want more. Yeah, that's that's why we're here, lucky loaders. But yeah, Ainsdale, uh for me. Um I just think this one's massively overpriced. And I'll be playing this on Saturday as well. The money will be down. Well, hopefully it will. And remember you can see Mark on the racing post live this Saturday, which is available to watch on their YouTube channel. But that's all we got time for this week. Uh, thanks for listening everyone make sure you follow us on all the social media platforms we're available to follow on twitter at, at in the saddle pod also as well available on instagram so yeah thanks for all your support please scan responsibly hopefully we can have a few winners for you this week and we'll be seeing you soon